Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallet. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast family. I thought you meant the things you eat. What is happening, people? Bet and breakfast on a Monday. Call the sirens because there are <laughs> things going down. Ben Heisler with Reed Wallach and Peter Dewey. The Monday crew is here heading into week 16 of the NFL. It's not here yet because week 15 still has a few more games to go. Doubleheader on Monday and, of course, a doubleheader in the NFL on Tuesday night, we will go through all of those games together, go a little rapid fire on it. We'll also go over our best bet for Monday night. Gentlemen, I, I know that uh, we're you know rising and shining up fairly early here on this Monday for Bet and Breakfast today, but I imagine that you guys were all keeping tabs on the, uh, the low-scoring affair on Sunday night. And, Reed, I have to start with you because I know that you have somewhere uh, in your vicinity uh, a nice 14-1 to MVP card on one Tom Brady. You can even hear it uh, in the opening to uh, to our podcast about uh, Tom Brady being a pick. And of course, I, I feel like Peter, you and I, we probably just need to go ahead and, and re-edit it and just scrub it to like, of course we're on Tom Brady the entire time. We weren't talking about anybody else, Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott. It's like we're things that either But your guy Brady Reed, first time he was shut out since 2006 i think it was week 13 against the miami dolphins mm-hmm. he's 29 years old he's 44 now so in 15 years what do we do now because aaron Rodgers right now is playing really good football and is starting to creep up are you thinking about hedging where are you just where's your mindset right now with regards to this pick because i'm not sure whether or not brady could actually hang on here yeah, I'm, I'm wearing my glasses today because I was up all night thinking about, like, why didn't I hedge last week? Well, I was actually thinking at 6-1, to one, I was like, maybe I should open, like, a Rodgers bet. Like, just get that in there so we could, you know, get maybe, you know, not too much. Because I do think Brady still has the numbers to wrap up this award. But, yeah, the narrative is starting to swing Rodgers' way. I don't know. Just because if you look at Green Bay's schedule the rest of the way, they play Cleveland, who's coming in on a short week. Who knows what kind of shape they're going to be in. The Vikings – I that will probably be a high scoring affair. Maybe the Packers win that one at home and then the Lions in week 18. So this might be getting away from Brady. I saw some uh, sports books move Rogers to the favorite, still plus money with the favorite over Brady. Um, yeah, it's dark times for my Tom Brady MVP ticket. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it's a little bit concerning. I mean, you still going to be able to have the passing yards advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he throws with 30, 40, 50 times a game, it feels like, um, and, and by far the most in the league at this point. And, and they don't have to. They still have a very solid weapon in Fournette. But, Peter, are we are we looking at Brady as, like, he was minus 155 at Winbets heading into week 15. So they haven't released it yet, but I would have to think that 
Rodgers is probably going to be in that, that maybe plus 200 or less category. He was plus 550 last week. What If you were playing odds maker right now, where do you think the, the odds would be for both those guys once they reopen? Yeah, I, I'd say that I'd have to have them. I, I would personally have them at a pick them at this point, probably around like plus 150, plus one, 175. I just I don't think that um, that there's enough you can say where Aaron Rodgers doesn't deserve to be in the conversation. We look at Tom Brady like – he lost a lot of weapons last night too. Like Chris Godwin got hurt. Mike Evans got hurt. Leonard Fournette got hurt. So depending upon if those guys are able to come back, like he's going to be playing with the depleted offense on top of that, maybe the numbers fall off a little bit, but like if the Packers wrap up the one seed and Aaron Rodgers puts up the numbers that he's put up over the past few weeks, I think the only thing honestly holding him back is the, the anti-vax rant that he went on. That's going to kill his, him with the voters. Like that's, that's really where I think he hurt himself. But I, I like if Brady doesn't win the NFC, I find it very hard that you can give him the MVP over Rogers when the numbers are probably going to be somewhat similar. Do, do you guys, I, that's fascinating because I, I feel like NFL voters, and, and I know that Rogers kind of addressed this directly, Football voters are there's not the sanctimony that that baseball Hall of Fame voters carry. So, I think if they genuinely think that that Rogers this season playing injured, dealing with everything from before, and listen, it's it's self inflicted from Rogers' perspective. I, I don't think voters would hesitate to vote him for MVP again. I, I'm surprised. Like, Reed, do you feel like the the voters could get in the way here? Well, part of my bet on Brady, just to like go back and look at, I saw the numbers. So Brady's weapons might be all banged up here down the stretch. And also the fact that it's really hard to win back-to-back MVPs. I think it's happened maybe one, I don't have to know the number off the top of my head, but it's happened. I can count my hand how many times it's happened. So that's going against Rodgers. That being said, I was also expecting the Bucks to be the one seed in the NFC. I thought they were going to have the best record, which they were on track to do, or at least tie the Packers record-wise. So yeah, I could see if Rodgers wraps up this one seed early, he has the efficiency numbers, not necessarily the volume that Brady has, but there's a chance Tampa Bay kind of stumbles down the stretch if Godwin's out a little bit, Evans is out a little bit, Fournette. I mean, these are his three favorite weapons to pass to. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Bucks back, Bucks bounce back next week against um, – who do they play next week? They're on the road at uh, Carolina. Yeah, I mean, Carolina might just be quitting this year, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens to Tampa Bay down the stretch. But it's definitely interesting, and I'm definitely sweating my bet out now. Right, so I I, I think you don't have to sweat because oh, okay. Brady's – Oh, you're, you're on my side? Brady's Brady's walking away with this thing. Final, Yeah, he, he's walking away. I, I think this is fun fodder for a Monday after Tom Brady got shut out and swept by a Saints team that we all laughed okay. at just a couple of weeks ago. I, He's won this thing. I think, if anything, this is the ideal, ideal time to try and get the best value remaining on Tom Brady because you know he's going to come up his next week on the road against Carolina. Uh, Panthers' defense has been okay. It's been, like, of all things for them this year, a they're little bit more out. consistent. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're hurt. Their offense is a complete and total disaster right now. No McCaffrey. Uh, Newton gets to go up against, uh, against Brady after he played some time in, in New England. Like, it's two games against Carolina the rest of the way, and then a trip to the Meadowlands to take on the Jets. Like, what could Tom Brady possibly do if he enters as the favorite this week mm. to to lose that MVP unless they blow a game to the Panthers, which they're not going to do. Maybe one of the games is close, but the game that he's going back on the road, not this week. He's going to be upset. Like, they're going to be fired up. Mm. You know, even if they don't have Evans and Godwin, I, I think they'll schematically be okay. I just can't fathom a scenario unless Rodgers – what more does Green Bay have to accomplish? 
this year. Like they basically, if yeah. they went out, they have the number one seed. And they locked up the division already. They locked up the division. Like Rogers' case has been made. Brady's case can only be furthered, and he's still likely the favorite. So I, I don't think he loses the grasp unless Rogers just does something we've never seen before. Okay, I, I, I think, think he's, he's hanging on to it. I think Rogers' case gets further, though, as much as like I think him sitting out the week for COVID hurts him. Like it also helped him because they looked horrible with Jordan Love at quarterback. Like that's a former first round pick. So right. you see how important Aaron Rodgers is to that mm. team. Like obviously, we didn't get a chance to see that with Tom Brady, and we know how important Tom Brady is to that Buccaneers team. But I, Ben, I completely agree with like the, the stretch. Like the Bucs should go three and oh, but I'm very intrigued to see what happens without all these weapons because. I know the Saints have a much better defense, but Carolina's defense is not bad. They entered this week second in the NFL in yards per play. So, I mean, it's not like he's going to be able to walk all over them. And if he's playing with, you know, the, the second team receivers, I, you never know. Maybe they keep it close and he doesn't put up the numbers and then there's even more of a case for Rodgers at that point. That's yeah, this went, this went from like a Brady walk away. I mean, if he wins last night, I think he stays odds on favorite. This is kind of over now. Gets interesting with all these injuries, especially with the one seed debate. I personally would still take Tampa Bay over Green Bay, given all the weapons healthy. I think that Tampa Bay's defense is much tougher than Green Bay's. But from an MVP perspective, it's tough to say Rodgers isn't the MVP. It's tough to say. I think that the the voters might give it to Brady based on numbers, volume, and you know it's also Tom Brady. He's an old man still slinging it like he is, and maybe the media doesn't like Rodgers. But it's tough to say just watching the games. Rodgers isn't the most valuable player. Yeah. And by the way, we, we also learned from last night's game that Tom Brady, like Pat Mahomes, also knows how to throw left-handed, except he was just doing it with a Microsoft Surface tablet instead. All right, let's move on because we got uh, an interesting pair of games for both Monday night doubleheader and then a Tuesday night doubleheader. So uh, we're going to go a little rapid fire here because I, I want to break down these games on Monday. Reed, you got to play on the Monday slate. Peter, you got a game on the Tuesday slate. So Reed, I'll start with you first. Monday night doubleheader tonight. Uh, Vegas heads to Cleveland. That game got postponed from Saturday afternoon to now Monday afternoon. Uh, Browns are three-point favorites. The, the line movement in this game, mm -hmm. I, I'm sure you guys remember, was insane because the Browns opened up at win bet at minus six. It ticked all the way down to Raiders minus three and a half. So we're talking about a nine and a half point swing in the other direction. And then when the game got moved, it moved back up to the Raiders minus one and now all the way back to the Cleveland side at minus three and Reed, based on this number, it tells me that Baker Mayfield probably asymptomatic. Like he said, he thinks he's going to be able to play. And I think betters and I think house and I, and I think the house thinks so too. What do you think? Uh, I don't, I don't think it matters if it's Baker, if it's Nick Mullins, if it's Case Keenum, I'm more worried about the skill position players, the offensive line coming back for Cleveland. And listen, I bet the Browns minus three. And I'm just going to say these COVID postponed games, this is not like, don't break the bank on this. Like, you don't know who's going to play. This is definitely a, this is more of a gamble than a wager, I'd say, just because you don't know who's going to play. I'm banking on though that this game got pushed back and that there is a lot more Browns players back than expected. And I think you're getting a reduced price. Wyatt Teller's already acti activated off the COVID list. If the Browns could get back a guy like Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry to go against this Raiders defense that is 26th in past the DBOA. I think that they're going to be in pretty good shape to get this Raiders team that their season might be done here. Faint playoff hopes. They have an interim coach. It's been a long year. Darren Waller's not playing. They now have to go to Cleveland on like an extended week, short week the other way. What kind of Raiders team are you getting? Whereas the Browns, they got this game pushed back. They're going to get a bunch of guys back. And their playoff hopes, they are in first place in the AFC North if they win this game. So there's a ton to play for in 
Cleveland's perspective, whereas the Raiders, I don't know if they're getting up for this, so I'll take the cheap price on Cleveland. Yeah, I, I think that play makes a lot of sense. And Peter, I'm curious to get a quick perspective from you too here. But I, I think the Browns line, purely based on the fact that they they got what they wanted. That's what like I'm Everybody was completely worried and panicked that they were going to have to play this game, that they weren't going to be able to field enough guys. They petitioned the league, the league settled through. Like they have a game on Christmas, the following week against Green Bay, that like they couldn't even afford to have this game be a look ahead game for i think if you're focused on the now for cleveland this is the game because the raiders are being outscored by more than every team in the league over the last three four weeks they've been a disaster especially on the defensive side of the ball and for cleveland regardless like you said of, of whether it's baker or somebody else at quarterback they're going to run the ball heavy against vegas and, and i just don't know that vegas has anybody to stop them at this point i think it all depends on what you, number you got this at like if, if it, you were telling me at the beginning of the week like Browns minus six and a half I don't know if I would have taken that just because I don't really trust their offense but minus three like you guys said everything has fallen exactly how they would have wanted it to fall and if Mayfield plays tonight on top of that like you can't really ask for more if you were the Browns so I, I do like them in this spot at, at minus three all right, we got uh, a couple games with uh, six-point favorites right around sort of that number. Washington football team heads to Philadelphia. Uh, they are six-point underdogs on the road against the Eagles. Meanwhile, you have the Seattle Seahawks going to L.A. Rams were also in protocol this week as well. Uh, and you have the Rams right now. Even with all the guys in protocol, guys, they're, they're going to be a six-and-a-half-point favorite over at WinBet against Seattle this week. So looking at the Tuesday night slate, Peter, uh, I know you have a play on that. Where are you looking? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the, the Eagles here, minus six against Washington. Washington's not going to have, at least the last we saw, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen both out for this game. They're going to have to start Garrett Gilbert, who they signed this week to, to join the roster. So I, I really like uh, Philadelphia against a third string, I guess you could say, quarterback. I mean, Washington really doesn't have – they just don't have anybody to – to, um, to throw the ball. And then you look at the Eagles defense, they're ninth in the league in rushing yards allowed. They allow just four yards per carry. So I don't think you're just going to be able to run the ball and kind of hide Garrett Gilbert in this game. And this game means a lot for the Eagles. We've talked about it on, on bet side and we've written a bunch of stuff about it, how the Eagles have an easy stretch to finish this season. They play the giants, they play Washington again, and then they play the Cowboys in week 18 where Dallas is going to have the division locked up, may not be able to move up or down in the NFC. They may just sit everybody. And so in theory, there's a chance for the Eagles to win out and go 10 and seven. And that would pretty much lock up a playoff spot for them oh, with for the sure. way the NFC has gone. So I think this game means a lot more for the Eagles. It, obviously, both teams are six and seven. But now that Washington doesn't have a starting quarterback, like I, I just don't see them being able to pull off this game. I think Philly can dominate this one. I think they should be able to. In fact, we saw at some books this line go way, way up on the Philadelphia side and started to creep back down again. I, I was a bit surprised that the line didn't continue based on all the guys that we assume are going to be out for Washington, but maybe the extra days uh, kind of neutralizes it just a little bit more. All right, let's go on to best bets for Monday. We got, uh, got some games in the NBA tonight. Not a ton so still in college basketball. I've uh, got some bowl games going on today as well. So as we kick things off for best bets, uh, Peter, I will start with you. Where are you looking on this Monday? Yeah, I'm looking to the NBA. I'm looking at the Hornets-Jazz matchup tonight. Hornets are 12-point dogs um, on the road against Utah, and they got blown out last night by the Phoenix Suns. They lost 137-106. But I'm actually going to buy low on this on this Charlotte team right now because their offense is just too good 
for me to have them as a double digit underdog in any matchup almost because they just score a ton of points and there's going to be nights where they might look really bad like they did against Phoenix, but then there's also going to be nights where they're going to put up 130 and they're going to be in the game. Um, they play a Jazz team that is number one in offensive rating. They're number two. So I think we're going to get plenty of points, but the over is way too high for me. It's at like two. I think the total is at 235. I don't know if I can go get all the way there in this game because Utah does have a decent defense. Um, but I, I was looking at the Jazz at home this year. They're 8-8 eight and eight against the spread. And then also as a double-digit favorite this year, they're just 5-7 and seven against the spread. They just lost back-to-back games at home. One of them came against a short-handed Wizards team. I, I just don't know if I can get to 12 points. I think Charlotte keeps it within 12. Yeah, I've seen the Jazz have some of those games where you're up by 20, 30 points, and they're just cruising along. And then they've lost some games uh, against sizable underdogs that they should have won. And, and those games are always close. So it's always going to come down. You're going to have to sweat it out a little bit, especially if you take one of these underdogs on the money line against Utah. But I'm with you. I, I think Charlotte is going to try and keep that pace going against Utah, mm-hmm. try to stay around. What about they, had, they have back-to-back games? Sorry, Ben. They have back-to-back games. Their last two games against the Spurs and the Wizards, they were double-digit favorites at home, and they lost. So I, I love Charlotte to at least cover here. What about for you, Reed? Yeah, and maybe the Jazz, that home court advantage, a little overrated. Um, I know they play at altitude. They, you know, crazy home court. Maybe it's a little overrated right now. But, yeah, I'm going Monday Night Football, another football play. Bears plus six and a half. Um, I would never lay this number with the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, one and nine against the number on Monday Night Football in his career. Um, the Vikings, three of 13 games have finished with seven or more, a uh, margin of seven or more points. So this team is always playing heart-stopping games. Two and four against the Spurs favorites this year. I just can't see it. Um, Vikings are 31st in EPA per rush this season. So I think that uh, David Montgomery is going to have a big day. Justin Fields has looked a little bit more comfortable since coming back from injury. Um, again, I like the Bears at home to hang around this number. And honestly, just who's rushing to bet the Vikings in this game? I get the Bears have COVID issues, but this is a home division game late in the year. The Vikings, I just, they don't seem like a playoff team to me. I'm kind of pulling for the Bears so we can get the Vikings out of this playoff race because I'm I just can't with them. They are just they are not for the weak hearted for sure. So um, I think the bears are live to win this game, to be honest at home. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take the six and a half and bonus bowl play. I like old dominion in the afternoon game against Tulsa plus nine on the money line. Love it. Just, just a quick reaction from, from this bears fan before we get into my best bet of the night. I, they have nobody healthy in their secondary. Like Justin Jefferson will eat that. But it's the Vikings. It is the Vikings. I, the, I, Lions I just, just won, the Lions just won outright, blew out the Cardinals as like 13-point underdogs, and they did, They were starting nobody. They have nobody. Hawkinson's out. Swift's out. They Anything goes possible, and give me the home team division. I love it. All right. Yeah. I, 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 I think- love your pessimism on this. It's like the reverse Brady thing. I love that you, the Bears <laughs> fan, thinks they're going to get blown out because that's just giving me more optimism that the Bears are going to win this game outright. I, I I think they're from an offensive side, like if, if anything, the, the play that I like in this game is the over. Because I, yeah, I think Cousins I will. I, I think Cousins will say, I'm, I'm actually stunned with all the guys missing on the Bears defense that it's still at 45 because they – the first half they'll usually play well, and then the second half they'll realize that the offense isn't doing anything, and then the floodgates will start to open a little bit. But they they're not going to have a Keem Hicks. They're not going to have anybody in their secondary. Like in theory, Cook should run wild. Jefferson should have a monster game. It's still Cousins, so I, I get the apprehension there. But you know, from Fields' perspective, he's going against a pass defense that's been a mess as well, and he might be able to get going a little bit with Darnell Mooney 
um, especially maybe Cole Komet, a guy in an option in the middle of the field. So I, I, I like the total. I like the over 45 in this game, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll take your Bears covering. I, I feel like uh, people can see on the video the, the, the Bears shirt is, is making its uh, its debut. I've probably had this since you know I was in college and that was a thousand years ago. Yeah. Uh, my best for, bet for tonight is in the uh, the early game between the Raiders and the Browns. I like the under on Derek Carr's passing yards total, and we actually wrote about this a little bit over at BetSided. He's not throwing the ball downfield over the last several weeks. Three consecutive games, his yards per attempt have gone way, way down. Last week, it was 5.8 yards per attempt, and they were getting blown out in Kansas City by like 30-something points. Um, It's just not a good number for a quarterback that needs to take some chances downfield, and that's what he was doing the first three weeks of the season. He had 400 yards, 383, 385 yards the first three weeks of the season. He's just not doing that anymore. There's no threat. And when you don't have any sort of a threat, you're just dinking and dunking and, and just no teams are scared of your offense. So I, I just don't like this number for him. I, I think if anything, they try to establish Jacobs a little bit against the Browns defense. Uh, but the Browns have also been really good too against the pass. Uh, top six in the league as far as passing yards allowed. So Derek Carr, um, he, it took him 48 pass attempts last week, guys, against Kansas City to get to 263. 261 and a half against Cleveland. It's going to be a little bit more limiting. It's just not going to happen for him. So I am passing on the over there. Rather go the under route instead. And there you have it, guys. That is bet and breakfast for uh, week 16 in the NFL. More so the end of, of week 15. I'm so used to saying that at the end of our Monday shows. Always appreciate you guys getting up with us and hanging out. Hopefully our bets will hit. And if you tail them, please let us know. And uh, if we fail you, we're always here for that uh, back and forth discussion as well. Check us out, fansided.com slash betsided. And also on social at betsided on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. For my guys, Peter and Reed, I am Ben. Talk to you guys soon. So long, everybody. 